1: Is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre.
3: What is up, Straight Fire Bam! It's the Jason McIntyre Straight Fire for Monday, June 5th, a wacky night in the NBA. Some fluky stuff going on in the altitude at Denver. The Miami Heat claw back into the series. Bit of a shocker. We'll get to it shortly. But to the those of you consuming this via video for the first time, yes, we are in video now on YouTube. Um... You know, you're not used to the usual Monday podcast. And I like to open with a little, you know, weekend happenings in the world of J Mac, as I like to, you know, brag about my um, recreational sports habit, which my wife does not love. And uh, I love. Um, So I played in a soccer tournament. I basically do two soccer tournaments a year, parent tournaments. And we happened to win the championship, which was really nice. I got an assistant to the assistant general manager credit for roping in a couple guys who ended up being integral to our team. Uh, one of them was the MVP. Uh, we won 3-2 in the championship. I wasn't really a factor in the championship. I had a bad game in the semis, but I did have a ridiculously nice backheel goal uh, in a 9-0 drubbing of a, uh, like some parents. Um, but at any rate, so, so I couldn't play in the men's league because I was exhausted from soccer. Now, i got to tell you, I've been in the men's league uh, out here in Torrance. And we uh, won the championship two years ago, went to the top level. We lost in the finals, very upset about it. So we recruited some new talent to the squad. We had a guy who walked on at Oregon State. He made his debut. Woo-hoo! And we had a guy who walked on at Oregon, uh, joined the team, and, you know, he's like 24 years old. And I know you're thinking, Jay, you're old. Why are you playing with this guy? Here's the reason. I like to do NBA comps for all the guys on our team, and we're on a text chain, and they love it when I make, like, you know, this guy's Gordon Hayward, and this guy's, um, who else did I have? I, I think I had somebody was, um, who's the guard? Buddy Heal. And then someone else, you know, I, I like do these comparisons. And instantly after the game, one of my buddies is texting me from the, from, the, uh, from the team. Dude, who is this guy's NBA comp? The handle was insane, totally controlling the game. And my first thought was, he's like a young Chris Paul out there. I mean, he had the ball on a string. The other team was so frustrated. And here's the best part. And I'll get to the Nuggets heat game in a second. The best part is, after the game, the opposing team, big herd fans. So, like, during the game, they were talking to me because I just went to watch the team, you know, new guys. I wasn't playing. And they were talking to me on the bench like they knew me. And I was just like, oh, these guys are new to Lee. I've never met them. And they watch the herd regularly. So, right after the game, they come up to me. And they're like, dude, are you going to talk about this game tomorrow? I was like, ah. I'll probably do that on the podcast, but probably not on the herd. And, you know, we're leading this team the whole time by 10, 14. They had some good good players. But it was more of like my turn, your turn, a lot of one-on-one, not a lot of team basketball, which is what we thrive in, screens, pick and move, um, pace and space, all that fun stuff, you know, nerdy old guys playing basketball. And at one, point, one of their best players basically comes to me on the bench and one of my other guys and was like, we are playing like the Minnesota Timberwolves. He was so frustrated that the team was fouling and doing stupid stuff. And now you're terminally bored. So let's get to Miami 111, Denver 108. And yes, a bit of a shocker if you consider Miami made 17 three-pointers. And if not for a late miss by Jimmy Butler, it would have been 49% from three instead of 48. That's not going to happen every day, folks. Okay, they got the consummate uh, team effort, and it was captured in a, um, a video on— well, not a video, just a screen grab. Are you ready for this? So Max Struz, remember, 0 points over 10 in game one. Rebounded with 14 points. I think he had two threes in the first quarter, maybe three. Uh, you, Duncan Robinson, I would consider him the hero. Duncan Robinson, a total non-factor, the kind of guy who you, you kind of wonder— like, how do you not have the book on Duncan Robinson? If you watched him in all the last three years, he is basically a three-point shooter. Yeah, he can drive and sort of finish at the rim, but that's not what he wants to do because that's not his skill set. They The Denver Nuggets left him open for at least three threes. No, maybe it was two. And it was, yeah, two threes in the fourth quarter. Denver went into the fourth up eight. And you think, okay, Miami probably going to get blown out because why, why, why? In the previous two game twos, the opponent, from fatigue at altitude, with only one day off, that's key, kind of melted down. Phoenix lost Chris Paul late third quarter, and they got destroyed in the fourth, even though they had the lead. Denver just ran away and hit. Game two, Lakers were playing outstanding. Jamal Murray finds another level. I think he had 23 points in the fourth. Teams get tired. Lakers got tired down the stretch. LeBron was on attacking. Extra day off for Miami. They finished the quarter with one of the most oh let me get the exact wording here one of the most efficient fourth quarters in the history of the NBA finals 11 of 16 in the fourth quarter 36 points on a mere 20 possessions let that sink in some of the you know calculator crew went and tallied and that's like 189 uh, 1.89 points per possession which is basically ungodly in the NBA And you take all that into account, and this is no disrespect to the Heat. They have a great coach, by the way. We'll get to what happened with Spolstra and an ESPN reporter in a minute. I don't think this is sustainable. And I know, (coughs) it's like choke here. Rob G is going to tell me, hey, the Heat are shooting from threes in the playoffs like the KD and Steph Warriors. KD, Steph Clay, remember those guys against like the uh, Rockets, against the Spurs. Like that's how good they're shooting for three in these playoffs. I'm just telling you, I don't think they can do that throughout the series. I don't think it's sustainable. It's just not. 11 of 16 in the fourth. 36 points on 20 possessions. And yet Denver had a three to tie. Jamal Murray's step back over Butler. And and that's another subplot we'll get to. Front rim, backboard. It was close. It was on line. Looked good. Murray kind of knew it wasn't in after the first bounce. But... Miami had a historically great fourth quarter. Denver had a three to tie with five seconds left. That's why this is not sustainable. I mean, I picked Denver in seven. Then I wanted to readjust and say maybe Denver in five or six. Will Miami get a game? I think that's a logical conclusion. And all the Heat fans are going to be like, well, wait a second, wait a second, we hit 17 threes. That's just not sustainable. Uh, Anybody who watches basketball knows this. Now, let's get to point number one. I just got... Seven minutes into the podcast, and I have not mentioned Nikola Jokic, who was phenomenal. 41 points, 11 boards. Ah, but this is key. Four assists. Five turnovers. Jokic had a tremendous game. However, the four assists, he's getting like double-digit assists. He's averaging a triple-double in the playoffs. What happened? Well, I guess uh, the untrained eye before the series said you got two options. You can let Nikola Jokic go off, as he did for, I believe, 53 against Phoenix, and a loss. Or, you can double Jokic and not let him beat you, the two-time MVP, and say, we dare you, Michael Porter Jr. We dare you, KCP, to beat us. And, lo, lo and behold, throughout the series, they've been doing that. Not, not, sorry, not the series. The playoffs, all the Denver other guys have been delivering. Well, what happened here? Miami... And not to simplify things for Spolstra. Again, here it comes. But 28 shots for Jokic. 15 for Murray, and a lot were late when they were down and and a flurry to come back. KCP, four shots. So you're telling me Michael Porter Jr., who had another bad game, I'm not going to go in. A lot of Nuggets fans are kind of out on him. Um, Minus 15 in 26 minutes for MPJ. I'm not out on him. But if he's not playing great at home, I'm curious how he's going to do on the road. I digress. Jokic took 28 shots... Gordon, MPJ, Murray, and Caldwell combined took 34. Four starters, 34 shots, one starter, 28. Now, Jokic was great, 41 points. I actually had a take that for the last like few years, a Steph Curry three felt like the most automatic shot in basketball. When Curry's taking those threes, you feel like that's going in every time. It feels like as I watch Jokic in these playoffs— Jokic in the painted area is automatic. He's throwing up weird stuff. You're like, what is that? And then boom, boom, boom. He's got that buttery soft touch. Everything bounces in. Just absolutely tremendous. But if he's not hitting the open guy, I, you know, fine. You can have 41. And, you know, our great staff here came up with the stats in... um. Three games where Jokic has over 40 points, Denver is 0-3. Three games for Jokic, over 40, Denver 0-3. 13-1 when he does not score 40. So I think, and I know now this is the Spolstra moment with the ESPN reporter, Ramona Shelburne had asked, um, I, I know this is like a simple answer, but the idea of letting Jokic eat and, you know, uh, hugging up the shooters. Uh, not to uh, paraphrase what she said, but that's essentially what she said. And almost immediately, Spolstra cut her off and was like, no, no. That is like the untrained eye will see something like that. Well, dude, you could talk to any reporter you want. You could talk to anybody who's watched the Nuggets for five minutes. Like, obviously, Spolstra, one of the best coaches in the league. Let's be real, dude. You've got two options. You can let Jokic eat. Or you could not let the other guys eat. And they chose
0: door number two. And it kind of worked. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this.
4: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Now, again, I don't think it's going to work throughout the series. I don't think they've solved Denver. I'm going to remind everyone: Denver led by eight heading into the fourth. Denver led, I think, in the second by. I'm taking all these losery notes during the game. Uh, they it, it, he trailed by 15 in the second quarter before like a late run. By the way, Miami's bench was largely abysmal uh, outside of Duncan Robinson, of course. Highsmith, remember how Highsmith was supposed to be a factor? You guys were telling me, oh, Highsmith, Highsmith, he could hang with Jokic. Um, Minus 17 in six minutes. Caleb Martin, who's battling a flu, apparently was not feeling good, did not start. Uh, 21 minutes, one of three, but he hit a big three in the fourth quarter. Hey, guys, fearless. Um, And then Cody Zeller in eight minutes, minus 14. So I don't know necessarily that those two are playable, so you're going to have to ride a guy like Lowry who wasn't great until the fourth quarter and then just kind of go with the hot hand. Like Kevin Love wasn't really making much. did a two threes. But here is a stat that I saw on, on social media. Jimmy Butler, guy who I thought would have a monster game two breakout, he has now gone under his point total in five straight games. Let's see. They did win this one. Again, fluky fourth quarter, one of the most efficient shooting quarters in the history of basketball. We'll, we'll go with that. Um, and then the other three um, were Game 7 when he did not go off and Games uh, 5 and 6 when he basically was not doing well. Jimmy Butler, I don't want to say he's struggling, but this is now five games in a row where he's shooting, I believe, <coughs> like 35%. Is he getting tired? I don't know. But does it matter if Gabe Vincent and Max Strus combine to go 8 for 16 from 3 and you toss in 2 from Duncan and a bomb from Kyle Lowry and presto, You got a one-one series, so uh, I will add this. I thought Bam Adebayo played great. He looks really good. I mean, he was struggling badly against Boston. He is—he's playing out of his mind. Um, Denver's gonna have to find something out of Porter Jr. and KCP. Both those guys had awful games. Two of nine combined for three. Aaron Gordon again delivering for me on the prop front. So, by the way, I know you guys care deeply about my pockets. Gordon and Murray combined for thirty. I think they had like 40-something in game one. So that puts them in the 70 range. I need like 127 from them. Now we're definitely going five games. I think I won the NBA player points pool after capturing the college basketball NCAA tournament player points pool. What can you say, Rob? You know, this is what I do. I like hoops. Uh, my first love as a kid was Soccer. Now, it's been basketball for the longest time. Now, obviously, NFL, number one to cover but, um, and gamble on. But I do love uh, love me some hoops, NBA playoffs. Listen, I'm glad we got a series, aren't you?
5: Yeah. You know, the only thing I love more than an extended NBA playoff series is hearing rich guys talk about how they want more money gambling. That's like my favorite <laughs> thing in the whole world. <laughs> rich um, guys. No, you know what? I, I think, you know, you and I disagree on a lot of things, but I think you and I are in really lockstep on this one. You mentioned that the Miami Heat, the shooting that they had in that fourth quarter, you know, it's even more impressive when you consider that in that fourth quarter, it was, from what I read, the slowest paced fourth quarter of the postseason, period. Like, they were doing it on minimal possessions, no runouts, it was just they were hitting everything in shot. I don't think they missed a shot for the first half the quarter, at least. And... To your point, though, is it sustainable? I don't think it is. Like, it's you don't go from the 27th ranked three point shooting team in the regular season, 34.4%, to 39.1% in the playoffs, which, as you mentioned, is higher than anything of the Steph, KD, Clay Thompson era, which for my money is not only arguably the greatest team ever, 2017 but the greatest collection of shooting talent this league has ever seen period i don't think that's not even an argument no and these guys are blowing them out of the water and yet you're getting a lot of people especially heat supporters who are saying well this is just a testament to how tough they are and no. heat culture and eric spolstra and and some of that's true spolstra I'll definitely give him a ton of credit for what he's doing mm-hmm. you know what he's getting out of his guys but a lot of it is just hey they are in a zone that we have never seen before from a team like this. If this was, you know, the Clippers who shot it well during three uh, from three during the regular season, if it was the Warriors as we mentioned before, if it's one of those teams, uh Boston Celtics, you know, they shot great from three during the regular season. Then hey, you're like, hey, they're they're doing kind of what they always do. They've always been great shooting. This is not who Miami is. No. They are for whatever reason. Like touched by an angel. And I just. <laughs> by the way, great show. Did you watch that show back show, in the back, day? Back in of course. You I did watch it.
3: Oh my god! Of my I wife did, yeah. mocks me forever mentioning <laughs> it. Uh, like I'm a loser for because I watched it. Dude, that show was good. Anyways, I, I continue. Well,
5: no, it's fine. It's just it, and quickly, I just, I don't care that they won this game and everyone's like, hey, we got a series now, blah blah blah. Like, I fundamentally believe in the law of averages, and. I do not believe that this Miami heat team is the greatest shooting team in NBA playoff history. I just don't, I don't see it, which is why I'm not worried at all about Denver winning the series.
3: Here is the cause for concern. I brought this up before the series. This extra day off thing is significant, man. It like you saw the Lakers wearing down. Like that's an exhaustive series. LeBron's oldest player in the league. Um, oldest player in the league, like as a factor, uh, Anthony Davis, obviously he was somehow still, still upright. Um, And took a young guy like Austin Reeves to be instrumental for the Lakers. Well, now, game three is, I I believe, on the seventh. So that would be Wednesday. Extra day off for Miami. Rob, there's a world where Miami goes home, gets some home cooking, and they're up to one Denver has not trailed in a series in this postseason. And I'm very curious how they respond. You know, it felt, I I think I might have tweeted this out, but when Murray missed that three, Everybody looked like I thought it was going in. Everybody was kind of like, whoa, wait, it happened. Denver lost at home. First playoff loss at home. And, And my first reaction was Drago is cut. If you remember when Rocky versus Ivan Drago in Rocky IV, one of my favorite movies of all time. Rocky's just getting pummeled by him, pummeled by him, pummeled. And all of a sudden, Rocky just comes back with this huge right. Boom. And Drago's like... And he reaches and, like, touches his eye, and it's cut. And the announcer's like, the Russian is cut! Like, screaming it. And that was like, when you notice, like, okay, it's game on. And it felt like that, again, a couple reasons to think Miami's got a shot. I I think it was still fluky, so I'm going to stick with Denver, obviously. I'm not changing my pick off off a fluky fourth quarter. If you want to make a case for Miami, haven't seen the Jimmy Butler game yet. I mean, it's been a while. Maybe he is tired, maybe not. Have not seen the Jimmy Butler game. And what happens if this Jimmy Butler defending Jamal Murray thing becomes a thing? Murray, I think he was at 10 shots heading into the fourth quarter. and then he kind of, you know went off a little, I think he had two threes, um, and maybe he had an assist. he had 10 assists again. like Jamal Murray's playing great basketball. But Jimmy Butler on him a little longer, tenacious. Jimmy Butler's never going to quit going through a screen. I, I don't know who's Rob, who who you got as a second scorer when you go to Miami. Now, again, I know people say, hey, Jason, just relax. We just watched the Lakers series. Jamal Murray went off in LA. Okay. He wasn't being guarded by Jimmy Butler. Like, I, I don't know who the second scorer is. If, if they're going to say Jokic will give you 40 plus, and it ain't going to be Jamal. I mean, do you, Aaron Gordon is not like reliable. He'd give you. 8 to 15, 8 to 18, 8 to 20, maybe. Um, KCP did not look, he looked reluctant to shoot, missed a late three. Um, Bruce Brown looked pretty good. Maybe he's the guy. By the way, he played more minutes than MPJ. And I'm not trying to start anything here. I was a little surprised by not riding Porter Jr. Why do you think he did that? Or was he asked about it, Rob?
5: No, but, you know, Michael Malone, as candid as he normally is in the postgame, the one big soundbite that came out of uh, Game 2 was him saying that we have to you – know, I'm talking about effort in the NBA Finals. I should never have to talk about effort in an NBA Finals game. That, to me, felt like I'm talking specifically about one to two guys. In this case, I would guess MPJ, but I'm not going to call him out by name because that wouldn't be cool. So I'm just going to say as a team, our effort wasn't there because I don't think you could watch that game in Game 2 and say that Denver lost due to lack of effort. I don't think that was it at all.
3: So, a uh, quick note on Michael Porter Jr. I'm looking at the stat sheet. Michael Porter Jr. is a kind of guy who can either shoot threes, take you off the dribble. He, he'll jam on you. He's tough. Um, did not attempt a free throw in the game. Against, in game one, he attempted two. In games, Lakers, two, three, four, he attempted two. He's not attempting a ton of free throws, but the mere fact that he's not getting to the line and he's a damn good free throw shooter, that would concern me a little bit. Like, is he settling? Um he's shooting 40 44% from the field, 38% from 3, 82 from the line. Like the guy can play. Um I, I don't remember any total defensive lapses. Oh, by the way, for the Heat fans who said we only shot two free throws in the first game, um they attempted 20.
5: Oh, uh, I called it. Yeah. Called it. That, was it Scott Foster who was a ref? No, I don't think it was Scott Foster. Well, it may have I don't think so. I don't think so, but Come on, you know that you know how the NBA works. This kind of thing is cyclical. Yeah, fair.
3: Um, Denver did 19 to twenty-two, so not a <coughs> huge discrepancy there. But I'm just happy we get like extra basketball. Um, you know, I, I know game four. It looks like it's later for Friday night. Not ideal for the pod. Um, but I guess this means we can just you know trickle in some guests, start to talk some football, uh, NBA off-season stuff.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue.
1: TireRack.com the way tire buying should be.
4: Apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: I don't know, Rob, like I I wonder if the interest level goes up now that Miami's hanging around from like casual fans. Cause I do know coming up this next week is like a lot of kids nationwide are getting out of school. People start to go on vacations. I mean, heck our men's league team, Rob, Hey, we only had seven guys and two of them weren't even on the, on the team. They just kind of showed up uh, when we invited them. Um, it, like, it's, it's summers is a little tough. Um, even me getting back from Paris, by the way. I, I know I had to toss that in there again because Rob just wants to make fun of me. But, um, no, Paris was awesome. I get back, try to go right to the gym, get back in a routine, and I, like, got sick. And I was not feeling good Thursday and Friday. Friday, by the way. I, I'll just end on this, Rob. I don't even know if you know this. Um, so Cowherd was supposed to return for The Herd Friday. That was the plan all along. Even after I hosted Thursday, plan was him to host. So I didn't I didn't like spend time Thursday night thinking about The Herd because it's like I'm not going to host. I, I I, could get ready in the morning. I wake up to do a little workout. My phone rings at 6.30 a.m. Hey, Jay, Cowherd, um, his flight got canceled like three times. We need you to host. I, I mean, it was... I, don't, I try not to panic a lot. Um, I'm not good at that. I'm working on it. I was straight up nervous. Like, oh my gosh. I've got like no time to prepare. I don't have any like strong. I didn't really have an amazing takeoff game one because it was kind of a crappy game. Um, and I needed like a lot. And oh, by the way, Alex Curry, who did the show with me Thursday, she was just unavailable. Like they, they hadn't planned her to be in. And so it was me solo for three hours. And I think there was like, you know, I'm burying this deep into the podcast. I think there was some some nerves on the staff, like, oh geez. Jason's gotta do three hours of TV by himself. And like after the initial, oh my gosh, uh, wore off, I was just like, Hey, uh, let's get back up, get back on a bike. As Rob knows, he was my producer when I had a three hour radio show for like five years, maybe six, at Fox Sports Radio. Now there was no TV element there. And this is a little bit more of a sweat because you're on camera and you have to be looking at the camera and be presentable. And, like, you know, you're doing a radio show. You can just kind of look at your computer the whole time. Not the whole time, but you know what I'm saying. And it was it was one of those, like, good, challenging moments kind of thrust into. Now, Rob, I know you've had to fill in, like, spot in duty on The Odd Couple, right? Um, yeah. Where Broussard or Parker were out. Uh, it, it, initially it's a little nerve wracking, then it's like exciting, like, oh, this is my show. I got a chance to shine and spread my wings.
5: Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, I guess the only difference between well, normally what I'm, well, the biggest difference is you're on TV and that's a huge difference. Like you said, having to, you know, be looking at a camera and you're not like shuffling through notes while you're talking cause you just can't do that on TV. Like you can on radio. That's obviously the biggest thing. But the other thing that helps me is that because I'm producing the show, I kind of already know what the topics are going to be yeah. anyways. So I'm not flying blind as kind of as you are having to come in last minute and just really put a show together. Um, I will say I, I caught a little bit. I didn't catch the whole thing of you on Friday. It's a little shocking that you say that you had nerves considering you set the Phoenix Suns fan base on fire oh God, on dude, Friday.
3: So I and know I'm a getting tagged Radio in tweets
5: God. like I had anything to do with it. I'm like, come on. That's, that's, not, that's not me.
3: Wait, why? Because you're a Laker because you're number one Laker fan.
5: No, because they know that I work with you. So oh, obviously, okay. you know, so, I must be okay. guilty by association. Do you,
3: I don't know if the audience cares. Um, but that's fair. Uh, they were even tagging a guy who goes on the herd, Eddie Johnson, former son sharpshooter mm-hmm. from like the 80s or 90s. And they were like, Eddie, you've got to rip this guy. And Eddie was like, oh, I disagree, obviously, not toxic. Um, but now I can elaborate. We got the podcast. Okay, so I said, I, I don't want to get my words wrong here, but essentially I said, And we talked about it on the pod. Like, is it a good environment in Phoenix? Uh, Nick Nurse could have picked any job he wanted. He took the Sixers with the uncertainty of James Harden. Um, Monty Williams obviously was let go. Uh, Who was the other coach? Frank Vogel is who they ended up hiring in Phoenix. But Milwaukee's job was filled first. Philly's job was filled first. Phoenix, the job with Kevin Durant and Devin Booker was filled last. And I just, I, you know, there could be many, many reasons why. Maybe the new owner was cool with that. and that he, he had no, no problem waiting for last. He wanted to get his guy. We'll see. I like Frank Vogel probably more than most people. Um, but between the Devin Booker and Chris Paul versus DeAndre Ayton, which is really a thing, and you guys know this, it's a thing. Don't try to act like it's nothing. Don't try to act like Frank, like Frank Vogel may come in and try to mend fences, but I, I don't see that happening. They do not like him, guys. His work ethic is not there. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, they're out on him. I, I'm not breaking any ground here. They, they don't, obviously listen. They're teammates. that they don't hate the guy. They're like, they're not like I'm gonna not come to training camp if he's on the roster. Nothing like that. But they know his work ethic. They've been on the team with him now, uh, Booker for many years, and uh, Chris Paul for since he joined the team. Like they know what they got. And then you have the Chris Paul situation looming with his contract, which is not fully guaranteed. Much easier to move, and. Let's be real. rest of the roster ain't great. They got waxed by Denver. Like, I mean, embarrassed in game six at home. Um, so when you add up last job filled, Kevin Durant saying back in Brooklyn with Kyrie, and it wasn't just Kyrie who said it. Kevin Durant, I listened to the video before I made this comment. Kevin Durant, we don't need a coach. You can just roll the ball out. Me, Kyrie, like, okay. And oh, by the way, the prospect of an Aiton for Kyrie trade, which has been floated by Mark Stein and a lot of people. I mean, we've, we've talked about it here before. Like there is so much happening there that I would consider that toxic. Now, Rob, I'm sure that people hear that word. and It's strong, but I, I'll say, I'll tell you where I got the word. Uh, my son is in a chess club and him and some other kids, you know, hang out and I'm driving them around or whatever. And they got kind of hooked on the word toxic for several days and they keep using it. And, It seemed like a good word to fit at the time. And now go ahead and tell me I'm an idiot.
5: (laughs) No, I don't think you're... I mean, I I think toxic is a strong word. Um, Too strong. But Maybe a little bit. But even still, I don't think you mentioned what would be considered the quote-unquote worst, most toxic part of that whole situation. Oh, is it the new owner? And that's the new owner. Right, right, right. Woj, who is the most plugged-in NBA reporter, you know, period, point-bank period. Reported at one point during um, when Monty Williams first got fired, quote, Matt Ishbia was fully taking over the franchise's basketball operations. A few different websites caught that. They screen grabbed that specific sentence. Next, thing you know, he edits it and reposts it and takes that sentence out.
3: But as whoa, you whoa, know, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I did not see this.
5: Yeah, that when happened right, right when Monty Williams when got Monte fired. Was fire. So, so you're
3: saying that the
5: initial clip, which is real, or was it AI? Which or is real? Yeah. No, which is a okay. real in Woj's column about the firing, and obviously he took it down. I'm assuming because look, we don't Woj. He doesn't put things out there to put him out there. So he must have got told later, hey, that sounds aggressive. That sounds a little bit too strong. Please remove that. And as a favor, he's like, yeah, I'll take it down. But I think the overall story yeah, still the GM can probably survives. Feels- Totally yeah.
3: kneecapped, you know, by sure. that. Sure. Which is so. But he, let's be real. They even Haynes to to bolster your point. I think Haynes said, you know, Ishby is running the show, uh, didn't consult with the GM when he went to get Kevin Durant. Not that he yeah. has to. That he's a billionaire. He bought the team. Do whatever the Chris, hell he wants. But
5: Chris Haynes reported that he wanted Isaiah Thomas to come. There in. There you go. Yeah. Remember and and these guys are are reputable sources. They don't just throw stuff against the wall like they're really good. And then last thing. Frank Vogel gets the job. I'm happy for Frank. I think he's a good coach. I think he's going to do really well there. But it's you notice in a few of these recaps about why he was chosen, the word you kept seeing was he's a collaborative guy, which is code for, as a few people have pointed out, for, pointed out when he got the Lakers gig, it was you're keeping on this assistant coach. Jason Kidd is your assistant if you get the job, point blank, period. Mm-hmm. Okay. The sons say, you're keeping our lead assistant. We're going to make him the highest paid assistant if you get this job, point blank, period. So what it reads to me is, Frank Vogel, we are going to hire you, but don't get it twisted. Ownership is running this thing. This is not you just coaching the job. This is us overlording everything, Jerry Jones style, and you do the day-to-day stuff. But we're we're the ones in charge, not you.
3: It might not sound like an enviable gig to a lot of people with that scenario. It's basically like your boss hires you, but you're really hamstrung into who you can bring in and what you can do. But the bottom line is he's coaching Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, two of the best 15, -hmm. uh, 15, 12 players in the league. And they were the NBA Finals favorite for some time there. Um, Vegas respects them. I mean, Durant's an all-time great. Devin Booker's really, really good. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think you take that job if you're Frank Vogel. Plus, you want to rebound from the 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 toxicity that you experience with uh, Russell Westbrook and LeBron out in L.A. Um, so, I don't know. I, I don't really have any regrets for using that phrase about the Suns. But I get it. I mean, all week, I, di- I literally did not open social uh, Twitter. Uh, you know I'm on the gram. Tw- after... Maybe like four o'clock on Friday, Pacific time. I like didn't open Twitter at all. I didn't do anything on there. Nothing. It's like there's no games. Uh I didn't even see who won the Dodgers Yankees series, Rob? Yankees. Oh, handily or close?
5: Uh two to two games to one. Um we'll take I it. Mean, yeah. So.
3: Yeah, I have um we got we ended up getting Yankees tickets here for damn, I thought it was coming up, but I guess it's a little later. Maybe it's in July. Um Very excited. Uh, Try to go to a good Dodgers game every year. Um, But but baseball is a tough sell in June, you know? Anyways. All right. We rambled way too long on a Monday. Um, Talk to you guys tomorrow.
0: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
2: I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novela, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio, Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft.